For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Deep River Left Field Podcast. My name is Jack, otherwise known as Elmwood Nerds on Instagram. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan, uh, otherwise known as Yankee Stat Talk on YouTube. In today's podcast, we're going to be doing our NL East recap. We've done recaps for the AL Central, NL West, and... I think that's it. We've only done two so far. This is our third one. Uh, so we're going to be doing the NL East today, which means the Marlins, Phillies, Nationals, Braves, and Mets. We're going to be going over their offseason grades, a bit of a uh, season outlook. We're going to be doing our top 10 players in the NL East, and we're going to be doing our war draft that we should do for every division. It's four players, um, one infielder, one outfielder, one pitcher, and then a utility person who could be anybody. Uh, before we get into it, a big thank you to Relevant for sponsoring today's podcast. Relevant's the best uh, social networking app out there. It allows people to connect over a common interest, unlike Instagram or, uh, or Clubhouse. Uh, it gives people a forum to connect on really anything. There is no limit to what you can find on the Relevant app. Make sure you go download the Relevant app in the link in our bio at Deep Drive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram, or in my uh, bio at Elminerds on Instagram, or just checking out the App Store and downloading Relevant. Big thank you to Relevant for sponsoring today's podcast, and let's get into it. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. I started with the NL East offseason outlook grades and season outlook. We're going to be starting with Miami Marlins. And the Miami Marlins are the clear, lead, the clear worst uh, team in this division. They actually made the playoffs last season at a negative run differential. Not that run differential is everything, but it was pretty interesting. They beat the Cubs in two games, which is also pretty embarrassing to the Cubs. Uh, the Marlins really made the Cubs rebuild. Obviously, they traded you Darvish. And if you're a Cubs fan, you got to be pretty embarrassed. So You know what? Um, what? Are you, you. You're a Cubs fan, right? you got to be embarrassed. I'm not that embarrassed. Um, I feel like I feel like the rebuild was coming anyways. Right. Um, anyways, we're gonna get in the Marlins offseason grades and signings, what have you. They didn't do too much. They traded Alex Vasia for Dylan Floro and they signed Adam Duvall, and that was kind of it. Am I missing anything that happened significant? Well, that was kind of it. I don't think there was anything like major outside of that. It was a weak offseason for them, like in terms of like getting st- doing stuff at all. Yeah, it sucked. All right, well, I imagine uh, it's like there's not much to say here. They're a rebuilding team who kind of luckily ran into the playoffs last year. They did beat the Cubs. They swept them, actually. Um, they did sweep the Cubs, so that was that was pretty embarrassing for the Cubs. Um, there isn't, for me, at least for me, I don't know about you guys, there's not much to say here. It was like a pretty offseason. They didn't do anything. They I don't really like the Vestia trade. Um, I like the Duval, Duval pickup, but... They're so bad at rebuilding. They traded for Stalling Marte last year, which is so weird. They're so bad at rebuilding. Well, they wanted to make the playoffs, and I get they should have traded Marte. I don't know why they didn't. They should have definitely traded Marte. They should probably trade him as soon as they can. I don't know if they're going to. It's just they haven't like what what in this offseason has moved them further down kind of the rebuild. 
Nothing really. It's just because they're in a yeah. rebuild, because they're banking on prospect regression. I actually kind of like the Duval pick up a bit. Um, I like that one, but he could be pretty solid at the deadline to be a, a trade acquisition. So that'll be interesting to see. James, what are your thoughts on the Marlins uh, offseason? Well, I mean, I think that they kind of lucked into the playoffs last year. I feel like everyone kind of knows this. They're not that good. Uh, they didn't do much. I mean, it's just like kind of a boring offseason, especially for their fan base. They still have a good starting rotation with uh, Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez and Sixo Sanchez. And they've got some prospects coming up. So it could be a fun team next year again. But I really don't think they did very much to make themselves better or worse. So just kind of stagnant. And Jackson, what are your thoughts on the Marlins offseason? Yeah, I mean, everyone in that division got a good bit better. And the Marlins did nothing. I mean, they'll have okay pitching the next couple of years, but they are no hitting, none, pretty much. Uh, I mean, Alex Vecia, I'm a fan of his just because I like his spin efficiency and his spin rate. But, I, I mean, losing a relief pitcher isn't, like, the biggest thing in the world when you're getting a major league guy who's going to pitch okay in Dylan Floro. So I think they did nothing uh, worth talking about, and that's kind of bad in when you're i guess trying to compete i don't know really what they're trying to do all right so we're getting the grades now i gave the marlins a c minus i gave the marlins a d plus i just gave them a d plus as well i was gonna go d but i think d plus is probably better i'll give them a d all right uh moving on to the philadelphia phillies uh they had a pretty solid offseason i think they they didn't do too much, and there are a couple holes on their team still. Center field's a clear hole. Uh, I think Adam Hayes is their starting center fielder. Um, other than that, they did some pretty critical bullpen improvements. They also uh, brought in Dave Dombrowski, and if you sign Dave Dombrowski, you're not doing it to rebuild. So they also did bring back Dude Grace on a two-year $30 million deal, and they signed you to a five-year contract. I forgot the exact terms on that, but it was five years or roughly $22 million a year, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know how I feel about the Ramito deal. I think it could be either really good or it could be really bad, depending on because obviously he's a catcher, so you don't can't really predict can't really predict his uh his career path. He did start a bit later as a catcher, so maybe his knees are still a bit um still they're still a bit better than most catchers his age. Um, otherwise, I like the Bradley signing; that was pretty solid. I like the Alvarado trade, and I like the Tony Watson signing. Uh, I really think they should have gone after Jackie Bradley Jr. or George Springer. I don't really think they could get, give out another big contract, but if it was, it should have been a Springer. Zach Eflin's going to be pretty solid. I actually think he's really good. Uh, we got Aaron Noll, obviously, and Zach Wheeler's your one, too. The back end of the rotation is kind of a, a bit of a, a mystery. Um, their offense is going to be pretty solid. I don't really know what kind of future Alec Boehm has as a third baseman, just defensively, but he's going to be a pretty solid hitter. They've got DD short, not a fan. Uh, got Segura at second. They've got Haas the first, who I think is really good. And they got McCutcheon, I think, it's a comeback season. So, uh, solid options for the Phillies. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Well, I agree. They, they upgraded their bullpen, and that's, that's obviously good for them. But I, I thought just – I mean, I, I like some of their guys that they're going to have in the rotation. I like Nola a lot. I think Willow's going to be solid. And I like Zach Eflin a lot. I thought they could have used another starting pitcher. I mean, that would have made their offseason a little bit better. Again, center field, that's going to be a little bit of a hole for them. They're going to hope Odubel Herrera really is going to be a factor. Um, I, I think Odubel Herrera will be like – an average off like an above average offense center fielder probably pulled up like a hundred weighted runs created plus 
but he's I don't know how good he's he is defensively. Uh, I really haven't checked too much about his in his recent numbers because I thought he was out of baseball. Um, so I mean, it's it's an all right off season. I mean, you got some bullpen depth. They could have done more. Again, I don't like. I mean, I don't hate the DD signing. I would have loved it if they would move DD to second and put Segura short because Segura's. I don't know after the OAA update, but beforehand, uh, Segura was the better defensive shortstop between the two. And if you're going to start Segura, just put him at short, put DD at second because DD's offense, I think, is going to still be um, around the 110 when he runs Cuda Plus. I think he's a much better offensive player than X Wilma gives him credit for. Um, and I, I mean, I could be wrong about that. Maybe I'm just kind of trying to be a little too nice to the Phillies right now. Uh, but I mean, they could, they, it's just an all right off season, not good enough for them to make them, uh, you know, world series contenders. And considering that they have Dombrowski at GM, all the money they have spent, you know, that's not a place you want to be in right now. They're an 81 or 82 win team right now. James, what are your thoughts on the Phillies off season? I think it's an interesting off season. They definitely, uh, bolstered their bullpen, which was their biggest weakness last year. Uh, they, you know, they brought back Real Muto. They brought back Gregorius. It's, you know, they, they got their guys back. They added to their bullpen. They'll definitely be better than they were last year, and they were a 500 team last year. So I think, you know, they could make a run at a wild card spot. Uh, you're in the middle of a, I guess, in a contending window, you're probably starting one. They were supposed to start one two years ago when they signed Harper, but that never happened. You know, you bring in Dombrowski. That's a, I think he's the type of guy who, you know, he with every team he's been with, he's just kind of sold everything to try and win a World Series, which I think is good for a team like this. And we'll see what he does in the future. For now, I think it's just like a pretty solid offseason. Nothing special, but, you know, it'll suffice. And Jackson. Yeah, I think they did. I think James touched all the points I was going to, but I think they did what they, they needed to. I don't think that what they did puts them in contention for the division but probably for a wild card spot. And at least you're keeping your guys in-house. Dombrowski always, you're going to go out and sign guys in the future. So I'm not worried about that. He's going to go out and make trades. Uh, but your bullpen, Archie Bradley, definitely got better, which again, was just so horrifically bad. It hurt. I don't even like the Phillies, but it just hurt. Watch them blow every game. But I, I think it's fine. I guess they could have done more in terms of starting pitching, but I'm not really worried for them. Right. Um, for grades, off-season grades, I gave the Phillies a B minus. Um, I gave the Phillies a B as well. Uh, B, just B. I have them at just a solid B. I give them a B minus. All right, we're gonna move on to the Washington Nationals. Washington Nationals. Again, uh, won the World Series in 2019. Obviously, their social media account never lets anybody forget it. Um, 2020, they had down year, didn't make the playoffs. And uh, they did a couple of things this offseason. They signed former Cub, uh, Kyle Schwarber, to a one year deal. They, they traded for Josh Bell. Um, and that was, they kind of, I mean, no, they also, they also signed Brad Hand. They did sign Brad Hand. And Lester. Uh, they, they lost Kurt Suzuki. And that was kind of it. Uh, they also signed John Lester. Forgot about that. John Lester, kind of irrelevant, but they did sign him. Um, Nationals offseason, it was all right. They needed a bat. Needed, they needed a couple of bats. They got him. Not a big Josh Bell fan. I do like the Schrober signing. The Bell thing is all right. I actually kind of like Eddie Ann a bit, who was the one of the prospects they traded in return. 
Uh, for Bell Show, it was okay. I mean, obviously, they need another bat. They got a couple. That's what you need to do. The rotation, the front three, obviously. Uh, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, very solid, very good. Then you kind of drop off Eric Fede, Fetty, uh, and John Lester, which is not great. And uh, center field, they are going to be – I'm pretty sure in left field, are they playing – no, they're playing Schorber. No, their outfield is going to be Schorber, Robles, Soto, and right. Uh, Stevenson is a fourth outfielder. Carter Keeboom is going to yes, be – Yes, it's going to be something like that. Yeah, Carter Keeboom is going to be a big uh, part of their success if they are successful this season. Uh, he's going to be their starting third baseman, their everyday third baseman. Overall, it was kind of an offseason. I think they could have done a lot more to improve a bit of their bullpen and get a couple more bats, like not having Starlin Castro hitting third and playing second base. Sorry, Nats Brazil. Uh, shortstop, obviously, Trey Turner, very good, very solid. Not much else to say there for me. So, uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on the Nationals offseason? Um, well, for me, I feel like the Nationals, uh, they got better offensively. I, I think that's a fair to say. They uh, improved the bullpen a little bit with hand. Uh, I like Tanner Rainey. I think he's going to be really good for them this year. I'm pretty sure it was already good last year, but I think were, I, I like I just like his stuff a lot. Um, the only thing is, I just feel like they should have. I mean, John Lester is not the answer to fix the back end of your rotation. Uh, if they wanted a guy to just be a back end of the rotation guy and eat up a bunch of innings, I feel like Jose Quintana was out there and was the better option. If you want a guy to be a left handed arm, you know, just throw 190 innings, be an average starter. I mean, going from Strasburg to Fe- Theater Fede and like and Lester. I mean, we're talking two well below average starting pitchers. Rather than you can grab like an average starting pitcher in Quintana, and then you know you have a rotate a rotation battle between uh, Voth and and Tower. Uh, I can't even pronounce the last name. Uh, Voth, I thought was I, I I'm interested by Voth, intrigued by Voth because Voth was solid in 2019, but he like sucked in 2020. So I'm intrigued by him at least. Uh, but I, I just, this team is going to be made, hopefully you have to pray basically that one of the Braves or the Mets don't do well, most likely the Braves, uh, and that they can sneak into the playoffs because the Padres have a playoff lock, uh, playoff spot, basically locked up. Dodge have a playoff spot locked up. They can't take a spot from the NL central team, sadly. Uh, so they're going to need to, they're going to need to basically pray that they can sneak into the playoffs and they don't even have a great farm system. So if they're going to try to rebuild at some point, they're a long, long way down the road. They're long, long way up. They have a long road ahead of them. If they ever want to be a championship team again, is basically what I'm going to say. James, what are your thoughts on the Nationals offseason? Again, I mean, like they got some guys, they, you know, Shorber is a solid signing. I think, he really helps them a lot because their third outfielder would have been what Andrew Stevenson. And that's a pretty big upgrade there because he's just a lot better. Uh, moving Soto to right. I don't think that's that big of a deal. Uh, you've got Lester makes no sense. I mean, like I thought that their fifth starter was going to be Joe Ross, but I could be wrong. Um, Is it? Oh, you might be right. Cause he did opt out. I kind of forgot about him. He did opt out in 2020. I'm pretty so. sure like every like projection or whatever has him every depth chart kind of has him as their fifth. So, you know, yeah, he's, he's their fifth. I forgot. He's, my bad. he's right. okay. He's still kind of, he's, and, but I feel like he's probably better than Austin both or both. I don't, I think it's both, but I could be wrong. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they just, I like the Josh Bell trade. He's okay. He's a good bat. They needed bats. I don't mind Starling Castro. I don't know why you guys were saying that that's such a big hole, but Hands a good signing, just a kind of decent offseason, you know? 
All right, and Jackson. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Phillies in that they got better, but they didn't get better enough to do much. They're not even close to the Mets or the Braves. Uh, but luckily, the rest of the NL for wild card spots, at least, is pretty awful. Uh, eh, they'd have to, because mm. the problem is the Padres and Dodgers are going to have one of the wild card spots, and the Mets and the Braves are probably going to have one of the wild card spots. So unless they expand the playoffs, what did they do? I mean, they they got a little better just to miss the playoffs again, but just to go 82 and 80 or something like that. I don't, like I don't mind Schwarber or Bell for you know a year or two, but what is that? Really, are you just using them as a bridge till the next guy comes along? But you don't really have a next guy. Your farm is horrible. You have one Soto and some pitching, and that's about it. And so I'm a little worried for their future, and I don't know how much this offseason really helps out. All right, um, great. I give the Nationals a C plus. Uh, I gave the Nats a B. I gave him a C. I'll give him a C minus. All right, moving on to the top two teams in this division, the Atlanta Braves. Braves didn't do much this offseason. They re-signed Ozuna. I thought it was a pretty nice deal, though he's going to be having to play the field, which isn't ideal, but he's all right out there, I guess. They signed Drew Smiley, who was good in 2020. It wasn't great before, and they gave him a $13 million contract, though it is one year. And uh, that was kind of it. They didn't do much else. Um, they let go of Shane Green, Mark Melanson, uh, both gone. Um, I might be forgetting somebody in their bullpen. I'm pretty sure I am forgetting somebody. Darren O'Day, also. They lost Darren O'Day to the Yankees. Um, not too eventful for the Braves this offseason. They're going to be, oh, they also start, fuck, they also signed Charlie Morgan. That was pretty big. Kind of forgot about that. That was a pretty big signing. He's not a top 10, seven pitcher. You know, if you're listening, you know who you are. Um, yeah, I still don't think it was a great offseason. Uh, I don't think they're the best team in the division. So, Ryan, what are your thoughts on the Braves offseason? Well, here's the thing with the Braves, okay? So, Braves and Braves fans, they, you know, they act all high and mighty. Hey, we win the division every year. Yeah, we're this, you ne- you've been to two NLCSs in the last, what? They are, not, in my lifetime, they've been to one. I was born in 04. They've been to one. That was in 2020, and they choked a 3-1 lead. Uh, you know, you can say you run the division, but that's not really saying much considering you losing the NLDS or the wild card every single season. Uh, and in this offseason, you basically watch the Mets surf not only get better, but just basically leapfrog you completely because you added more in. That's good. You lost a lot of bullpen depth. You didn't really do much to, to uh, make sure you can, like, you know, replenish your offense because. I, I think Austin Riley is a solid prospect, but if you're going to sit here and tell me that you're going to rely on guys like Austin Ron to be huge bats for you all season, I, you're in for a rude awakening. Your lineup consists of what? And, and in, I mean, you have guys like Ozuna, who I really like. Ozuna's really good offensively. Acuna, I love Acuna a lot offensively. Freeman, obviously, an uh, incredible bat there. Uh, and then outside of that, I mean, the offense is just, it's Albies is solid for a second baseman, but he's not like an elite hitter. Everyone else is just kind of, Meh, offensively, you don't have the lineup that I would assume a, a, a team like the Braves, who often get, you know, touted as this elite top of the uh, top of, you know, top of the league offense. I would assume it could be a little bit better than this. It's not uh, the bullpen, which was really solid for them last year. Lost a lot of depth. 
And the rotation, I think, is going to be solved because it's young. I like some of the arms in there, and I like them with more in addition. But they just didn't do enough to stay the best team in the division. And I just I just don't like their offseason. They didn't do enough, and the, the Mets just leapfrogged them, ran circles around them. And the Braves are going to probably go into another season where they're going to either A, win the division barely and lose in the first round somehow to the NL Central team, or B, go to the wild card and get their, just get absolutely blown out by the Padres in a wild card game. Or they'll win it and get swept by the Dodgers. They'll never make past the NLDS. And if they do, they'll go to the NLCS and, you know, choke something. They're just – I just – I can't understand that fan base. I can't understand this, what this team's doing this offseason. I kind of wanted to rip them a new one to remind Braves fans every time they say Mets will Met or Phillies will Phillies or whatever they, whatever they say, that those teams can actually say that they win playoff series and you can say that you've been to one NLCS since I was born. I've been – I'm 16 now. Do a little bit better. Stop – you know, get rid of the ego. Get rid of the cockiness. Realize you blew a 3-1 lead and everyone laughs at you and you're – and basically Basically, your team's a laughing stock. Get better. Uh, the Mets are better than you. Mets will met and Mets will beat you in the division, and you will not see past the wild card round this year. That's definitely a podcast. It's definitely going on the podcast Instagram. Our social media manager will do that. Speaking of social media manager, James, what are your thoughts on the Braves offseason? All right. I don't think it was that bad. I don't know why Ryan's overreacting so much. I think uh, the Braves, you know, Charlie Morton's a great signing. There, he's on a cheap contract. He's super good in the playoffs, and I know you guys don't really believe in that, but I definitely do. Um, what's that face? You, you think clutch doesn't exist, which I think is stupid. But um, it, it's a good it's a good signing. Smiley's a decent signing. Uh, like, you know, it's a little bit of an overpay, but it's one year. Who cares? He's going to be solid. He's their fifth starter, so – you know, that's not that bad. I like Ian Anderson a lot. I think he'll be good. I think the rotation will be fine. Uh, Soroka is not that good, but, you know, a little overrated. But that's not bad. Solid rotation, decent lineup, okay bullpen. Like, it's a good team. Didn't do much this offseason. I love the Ozuna signing. It's a very, very good contract. He's not even that bad in the outfield. So, you know, just another team that kind of had an underwhelming off season, but they did what they needed to do to stay competitive. Although they're probably not going to win the division. And Jackson. Uh, I didn't hate the Braves off season. I'm happy that they actually did stuff. Uh, unfortunately for them, the Mets did a bit more, but I think they're, they're right where they were last year. I think they're uh, a top two team in their division competing for that. I think they have a really good shot to win it. Maybe not, favorite but I think they have a you know a, a really better than most uh, and I think if they were to they have a good chance at that point to move on to for, further play, playoff rounds but I think the move like Ozuna I think it's great you need offense Morton just for short term well maybe if Soroka is not really 100% we don't really know how actually well he's going to come back because tearing your Achilles sucks and I, I can't even imagine how much that would impact you um their bullpen, losing Molanton, isn't great. I don't know. Will Smith is a bit of a uh, – so maybe they'll have to figure out some stuff in the back end or pretty much in the whole bullpen. So I think maybe they make a couple trade deadline moves that make themselves look better. But at this point, I like it, but I don't love it. All right. Off-season grades, I give the Braves a C. Uh, C. B minus. I'll give them a B minus, too. All right, moving on to the final team of the division, the New York Mets. The Mets had an eventful offseason. They had a GM for a month, and they fired him because he's a fucked-up piece of shit. 
That's all we have to say about that. Um, they also traded for Francisco Andorra. That was pretty cool. They traded for Carlos Carrasco. That was also pretty cool. They signed James McCann, which was not very cool. They signed Trevor Man, which is also pretty cool. They did a nice a bunch of nice depth pickups with Jordan Yamamoto. Jordan Yamamoto, excuse me. Sam McWilliams. And um, I forget, they probably, Joey Lucchese also traded for and Tywin Walker, which wasn't a great time. But some depth is not going to be relied on to throw two hundred innings, obviously. Uh, their offense was the best in the league last season. I expect it to be around there this year as well. Uh, their pitching is very good. They have the third best pitcher in the league in DeGrom. They have Carlos Grask, who's a borderline top 10 pitcher. They have Marcus Stroman, who I don't think is very good, but he's going to be all right. They're getting Syndergaard back at the, uh, I believe it's June or, or May or something like that. They're getting him back. And then they've got a bunch of guys competing for that last spot with David Peterson, Tywin Walker, Joe Lucchese, potentially Jordan Yamamoto. Uh, I think it was a very good offseason from the Mets. I don't think they're the best offseason in the league, but I think that it was up there. The only reason why they wouldn't be top two is because they didn't extend Lindor. When they extend Lindor, I'd probably put them two or tied two or whatever, but they didn't yet, so we'll wait on that. Um, they've also got a couple other guys they have to extend. Mike Conforto is one of them. Stroman, Syndergaard, they want to bring those guys back, so that's a bit of a situation they're going to have to deal with, though it doesn't count for this offseason. So, Ryan, what are your thoughts on the New York Mets offseason? Well, I love the Lindor-Carrasco trade. That was an amazing trade. They, they got a elite short, an elite shortstop. The big thing there was they wanted an elite defensive shortstop because their infield defense and their outfield defense, which is still a mess, but their infield de- defense was a mess. Um, and I think that Lindor is – I just think he's an, I mean, he's an absolutely incredible defensive shortstop. He has a pretty good offensive uh, repertoire for a guy who's a shortstop. He can give you around a 115 to 120 weighted runs created plus, maybe even higher than that if you can go back to where he was in 2018. Though I think 115 to 120 is – uh, more of an accurate, uh, you know, range there. Um, I love the Luce- adding Lucchese. I think Lucchese is a really nice starter. I think he's got great stuff. I don't think he's going to be elite for them, but it's good to have depth. I think he's solid depth for that rotation. They brought back Stroman on the qualifying offer, which for a team that, like, if it was a team that like, couldn't, that didn't have money, I would have said, like, oh, that's weird. Uh, but because um, you get Stroman back on the qualifying offer, you can now evaluate him for one more season and say, okay, is this a guy we want to keep and extend or do we not want to? You're not locked into him long-term. I think he'll be solid. I don't think, you know, he's an elite starter, but I certainly think he's bet. I, th- I certainly think he gets sometimes overhated by a lot- certain fan bases because he is, he, he does talk a lot. And I think that's actually good for baseball. Um, so, you know, I'm, I, I'm one of those Yankee fans who, you know, I don't hate Stroman. Uh, I actually quite like him a little bit. Uh, that's uh, so I'm kind of in the minority there. Um, McCann, it wasn't a great signing, but I'm not going to like dock their entire offseason for signing McCann. Tywin Walker wasn't a great signing either, but I'm again not going to dock their offseason for two guys because it's still going to improve. It's still like adding, it's still adding some positive war. Um, I, I, if Walker is just healthy, he'll probably be an average starter, you know, maybe, hopefully. I don't know, man. Uh, with, with Walker, I don't know. Uh, but the bullpen got better. I love Trevor May and I love Aaron Loop. Those are, I, I wanted those guys to be Yankees. That's yeah, you know, Mets decided to be smart, and they picked up both of them. So Mets, right off season. I mean, they just the World Series contenders right now. James, what are your thoughts on the New York Mets off season? I think it's a great off season. You turn yourself from a fifth place team last year to a first place team going into next year, and you know, obviously they probably had didn't have the true talent level of a fifth place team, especially considering Stroman was out, Syndergaard was out. Uh, some other guys got hurt. You know, they just didn't have a lot of pitching. They have the best starting pitcher in baseball. They have Carlos Carrasco, who's another top 10 guy. 
I like Marcus Stroman a lot more than I think you guys do, uh, especially if you're going to put a good uh, defense behind him, other than J.D. Davis and, I guess, Pete Alonso, but that's first base. Like, Lindor's a very, very good defender, and McNeil's solid. So I think he'll do a lot better, especially as a ground ball pitcher. Um, I like what the I like what the Mets did. I don't think James McCann is a good signing. Obviously, he's overpaid, but he is an upgrade over Wilson Ramos. So there's definitely you know some positives there. Uh, I think the biggest downside of the Mets offseason is missing out on George Springer. Um, he was not paid that much by the Blue Jays. I feel like they definitely could over uh, they could outbid them there and you know filled their hole in center field, moved Nimmo to left, and just kind of use uh, Smith as like a fourth outfielder or just kind of a utility guy. So I don't know, but I think it's a great offseason for the most part. The Lindor trade's amazing. Uh, Lindor is a they didn't give up much. Lindor is a top ten player, top ten position player, and Carrasco is a top ten pitcher. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great offseason. All right, let's talk about the Lindor extension while we wait for Jackson. Yeah, you should get 300 million. Of course, he's better than Machado. I wouldn't give him more than, like, I wouldn't give him more than maybe 250. But I wouldn't, that wouldn't be for 10 years. I'm thinking more of a 7 to 7 250 is a lot. Oh. Yeah, so is, well, 10, 10 300. I would rather give him 7 250, honestly. Especially if you're the Mets and you can spend a bit more. Uh, are we still recording? Yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah, don't worry. We're good. Sorry. Uh, especially if you're the Mets and you can give out longer, larger AAVs, you can sort of take, you don't want to be getting Lindor for his age 35 season, which takes away that potential 36 through 38, sort of like how Cano has been really shitty in the tail end of his career. I'm not comparing Cano to Lindor, but they were both incredible players in their prime. Obviously, Lindor is still in his prime. You could argue he's still entering his prime because he's only 27. I think he's 27. He's 27. He's so seven. this year is his age 27 he season. Yeah, he, just, he just turned 27. Um, I don't think Lindor is a bad player by any means. I definitely have him around the top 20. I don't think he's going to go back to that 2018 form, really. I think he's more of a – not 2019, maybe a bit better as a hitter. 2019, he's, he's obviously probably, – I, I think he's probably going forward a five- or six-win player. He's not an eight-win player I anymore. Really but... Yeah, obviously really good i don't know if he's necessarily a a, a five f4 win player just because well i don't know how uzr likes him or not i'm kind of forgetting uh uzr loves him i think yeah he has 11.1 uzr per 150 in his career i'm pretty sure either way if he used a version of, of war with oaa which is kind of stupid to, to begin with but if he did probably oaa loves him DRS also kind of loves him. I'm not entirely sure. All the, he's a very good defender. Uh, UZR and DRS are 26-26, and OAA is 44. So, right, so they both kind of love him. Uh, he's a very good defender, obviously. Elite defender. One of the best defenders in baseball. Uh, I don't necessarily know if he's a 120 WRC plus hitter. He's probably more around that 110-115 range going forward. I don't know about that. Maybe a bit, maybe a bit more. Maybe I'm underestimating him. 115 I, to 120. I don't really know if he can get to 120 again. We'll see, though. Uh, he might. I'm not saying he necessarily can. I'm not saying it's too much of a stretch. But uh, I really wouldn't give him that 300 mil. I would rather have him on a, a larger AAV and a shorter deal. But that's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. Okay, so we ha- he's going to get money based on other contracts given to other players. Machado was, what, 26 when he signed his contract and a worse player than Lindor because he was more in- he was wildly inconsistent. Uh, and- not at not the time he signed it, though. Machado, Machado was coming off of a... Six elite season. season, yeah, but it's Lindor. Like, 
the worst year of his career and it was 16 season and the year before that was probably his second worst season well i mean i don't know if it was like okay he was fine. It's, he was it's, the worst, it's the worst it's the worst it's the worst season of his career yes maybe but lindor since what 2016 which was his first full season in the big leagues has missed like 20 games like he's yeah, I'm not saying he's that durable. I'm just simply saying I would rather have him on a shorter deal if possible. If he's a five-win player here, this is if he's willing to if he's willing to take a seven-year, eight-year, seven, eight-year deal from a bit more AAV, the less security years. I, I just based on the contract that Machado. First of all, the Machado contract obviously turned out great. You also have to consider that the Mets have other guys to extend. That's uh, why you want lower AAV, which is why you want a lower AAV. Exactly. No, it's not also. Yeah, sorry, I I, I misphrased what I'm saying. If you want a lower AAV, but you also want to, because I'm pretty sure that salary caps are obviously managed on a five-year window, you might want a lower AAV, sure, but you also have to kind of choose of who you're going to bring back, because I don't think they'll bring back all four. I think it's going to be coming down to maybe, maybe I don't know about Stroman, I don't know about Syndergaard. It really depends on how much Uncle Stevie's willing to so, so are the are the four you're talking about, Stroman, Syndergaard, Lindor, and Conforto? That's right, yeah. And you also got Carrasco coming up in a contract here next year. Oh, um, and you still have Robinson Cano's monstrosity of a contract that doesn't count. Oh, yeah, that's that. going to add it beyond it on next year. That's like adding on a big contract. I forgot. So maybe you want to give him a lower AAV. I would still, because his, I guess it's only 30 million a year, I don't necessarily know if he's worth that just because of the rest of their needs on their team. And I would probably rather wait until the end of the season. I mean, you obviously risk losing the free agency. But if you extend them now, you don't necessarily know what kind of player you're going to get. I don't think you're going to get a player that's a 120 WRC plus hitter. If you wait and he's like a 130 WRC plus, well, then you're, you're kind of fucked and you have to pay more. Yeah, because then because then he's going to go somewhere else for eight years, 300. So right, it depends on it depends on what the Mets want. They want to take a risk on Lindor potentially a down year. Or they want to get. It's not a risk. There's no. There's really not the that four big Lindor. Risk. Think about it. Last year was on pace for a four and a half win season. Uh, per 650 play appearances, and he plays, he has usually around 740 to 750 play appearances. So, worst case scenario is Lindor has a four and a half win season. He's a four win player for the entirety of his contract when you're giving him what about 27 million a year. Uh, that's the worst case scenario, really, in my eyes. Uh, I think that most realistic is that he's a five win player. He's a little bit better than that. Four. I don't think his, I think his floor and his ceiling are very like, I don't think his floor and ceiling are very different. I think it's a four win player and a six win player. Uh, on average Ooh. for his entire career for Lindor? Because I don't, I just don't, I, do you really think the floor of Lindor is really that low? Like, do you really think that like he, Lindor's, because of how good he is defensively and because he can provide a lot of positive offensive value, I think it's really hard for a guy like Lindor to have like a three or two win season. It would I agree take a with lot that. going wrong. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, but I think his ceiling is higher than you're giving No, I mean like for. average, I think average war for the entirety of his contract. I'm not oh, talking about like his peak. Just the entirety of his contract, yeah. But I think if you're if you're gonna say Lindor is a four point five win per six fifty player in twenty twenty, I think you're misusing more of it because defensive first shortstops like Anderson Simmons, they're not getting that kind of money. Obviously, they're not. They're slightly below the average. They're not. I'd say they're similar defenders to Lindor. But if you're paying for a defensive first, you'd be essentially paying for a defensive uh, first shortstop, and he's still maybe a four win player, four point five win player, which is great but he's not worth 300 mil. And I have a question for you. I think, yeah. If Simmons were coming off of his 2017 and 2018 season, would he not command more money than like $15 million? Like a Simeon contract, a one-year $18 million contract? Year, 
He would not demand. Oh, he wouldn't command ten. He wouldn't command demand ten years. He's but there's a clear demanding. There's a there's a clear difference between Lindor and Simmons because Lindor can hit way better than Simmons can. Lindor Simmons will never have an eight win season. More of it for 2020 in particular. I'm not saying yeah, he was dogging it that year. He literally said he was dogging it that year. His him dogging it is a four and a half win player. That's my point. That's dogging. And maybe he just played like shit. You can't necessarily know if somebody's actually the value. No, he I'm literally not... said it. He, he flat out said it. Right, right. but yeah, that could be an excuse. You have no idea. Maybe, maybe. But I maybe. mean, I'm going to go based on his word. It's like, it's like you can't necessarily, I'm not going to, uh, no offense to Frankie, but I'm not taking what you're, you're worthy. You didn't try hard. It is what it is. Um, I just don't, I, like I said, I would rather give him seven years 250 than 10 years 300 because you'd be well, he's not going to take it. He's taking a 10 year deal. You, his, I don't you're thinking. We'll see. His agent matters here. When you're an agent, you want to have your players get these lucrative deals because it helps how you look. So you think his agent's whispering, you're not taking that deal. Someone's going to offer, someone's going to offer him 10 years. So the Mets are going to have to be that someone. Okay. So I would, I give him 12 years because he's only 27. You would do Yeah. Harper's going to get a contract. So he's like what 39. And I would consider Lindor to be a similar better than Harper right now. I think Lindor is better than Harper right now. I think he'll be better than Harper in five years, and I think he'll be better than Harper in 10 years. I have them back-to-back in terms of my, my grand scheme of things list, so I didn't go either way. I, what, so what they I, deserve similar contracts is what you're saying. No. He, what, was, what he was coming off a down year in 2018 as well. He yeah, came but off I, like a one-two year I think, I think Harper's overpaid, though. So Harper also – we also got to consider that Harper played center field in 2018, which really did not help his down year at all. Uh, he's not a center fielder at all. He's more of a right fielder. He's probably around average. But my main point here is if you're paying for a defensive first shortstop, then I wouldn't give him a 10-year, $300 million deal. And I'm not necessarily saying Lindor will always be a defensive first shortstop. I'm just saying off of the year that he just his contract year, he was a defensive first shortstop. Well, well, if you're paying for an offensive-minded corner outfielder who can't play much defense, why would you pay them $25 million for 13 seasons? Average defender. He's not a well, bad. No, I'm He's saying I'm saying Lindor is a well above average. Hitter. I said in 2018. Okay, you're well, paying for. I, I don't know how well, but I, I think Lindor's hitting is going to be pretty. I think 2021 is a, a going to be an interesting year for Lindor's hitting because I don't necessarily. I think know. it's a prove it year, but I do I do expect him to have a 120. I don't really know. Right, right, negative 15. I think we need to like. Yeah, right, right, negative 15 defensive run save 2018. You're paying for Our a terrible. Played- Center field. Harper's no, I'm saying no in right field. In right field. In right field. In oh, right field. Yeah, he so played like, a lot like of right saying, field. That's like me saying, "Oh, I just paid." And he had 135 way he runs good plus. So that's like paying Mar- a, a worse defensive Marcelo Zuna to play left field or right okay, field. But, but, but we also know years. we also know that Harper wasn't really trying defensively. That exactly, year. but that's my point. The point is that you can't just say because of this one season on their contract year, they're not that good. And Lindor's a de- well, you can't pay Lindor because he would be, you're paying him for being a de- defensive and, for a shortstop. And Jack, I know we've I know we've definitely accused you of this before, but you're definitely being a 2020 merchant right now. You hate Lindor with a passion, probably. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. The last two seasons, and I'm, I'm preparing them in 2018, and I don't think they're the same player. I don't think Lindor is 2018. I don't think it's the kind of player he is. I don't think, I think he's more of a 20 player either. I think he's probably somewhere close to that middle mark, but I don't think he's an eight-win player. I also don't think he's a four-win player. I'd probably put him around five if I had to. But I think I'll just – we're going to disagree on this, and we kind of have to keep moving. So I'll conclude, at least for me, I wouldn't pay a potential someone whose defense potentially outweighs his offense and he's not a very great hitter. I wouldn't give them 
three hundred million dollars. That's just me. Right, someone's gonna do it. Someone's gonna outbid him. I give him. I give him three hundred over twelve years. All right. So well, if, if you don't do it, that's besides the point. Yeah. Grades, we need to we need to give the Mets yeah. our offseason grades. Like my offseason grade for the Mets is an A minus. I'm giving them an A plus. I'm giving them an A. I don't think they had an A plus offseason. I'll give them an A. I'll give them an A plus to be nice. All right. Um, so that was it for that part. Our done with our offseason reviews. We're gonna going into our top ten list now. As we do with all top ten lists, we go by position. I'm sorry, by, by number position. We go around, say number 10, 9, 7. Uh, everyone has their list ready? Um, I hope so. Uh, let, let, me, let me pull it up. Yes, I am ready. All right, at number 10, I have New York Mets second baseman, Jeff McNeil. At number 10, I also have McNeil. At number 10, I have New York Mets starting pitcher, Carlos Carrasco. I have Washington National starting pitcher, Steven Strasburg. All right, number nine, I have Washington National shortstop, Trey Turner. Uh, I have Strasburg. At number nine, I also have Steven Strasburg of the Washington Nationals. I have Michael Conforto of the New York Mets. All right, number eight, I have Washington National starting pitcher, Steven Strasburg. Uh, I have Riamuto here. All right, at number eight, I have Bryce Harper of the Philadelphia Phillies. And I have JT Riamuto. Okay, so I kind of fucking forgot Ramito, so we're going to have to push back Turner to 10, Strasburg to 9, and Ramito slides into 8. Okay, All right. and, and then at 7? Seven. 7, I have Bryce Harper. Also have Harper. I have Ramito at 7. And I have Harper. So we just flipped that. Okay. Uh, at 6, I have Francisco Lindor. At 6, I have Freeman. Fuck. That <laughs> was my first reaction. My reaction when you said Ramito over Harper, whatever. Okay. At six, I have Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves. At six, I have Max Scherzer. All right. At five, I have Max Scherzer. I have Scherzer here, too. I have Scherzer here, too. And I have Freddie Freeman. All right. Number four, I have Ronald Acuna Jr. I have Lindor at four. Wait, wait, wait. Jack, you're missing somebody. Okay. Never mind. Uh, Ryan, you have who? Lindor. I have Ronald Acuna Jr., I have Lindor. And at number three, I have Freddie Freeman. Oh. Uh, I have Soto. I also have Soto. At three, I have Acuna. At two, I have Jacob DeGrom. At two, I have Acuna. At two, I have Lindor. At two, I have Juan Soto. And at one, I have Soto. At one, I have DeGrom. And at one, I have DeGrom. And I got the best pitcher in baseball. Not the third best. Not the second best. Second best. Jack, second like Jack likes to say. Cole exists. Uh, last the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob DeGrom. Best pitcher in baseball. Right, I exists. Before you guys started talking to me, I want to preface the fact that DeGrom through Scherzer on my list were all in like the grand scheme of my 100, top 100 players. They were all within like nine spots. So... That's really like I really and Harper and Lindor were back to back. Like I said, I, I honestly. So, so you're saying these six, these six guys you had in like, in I had Degrom at twelve, which was the highest. I had Degrom at twelve, and I had Scherzer at nineteen. So I, I think you could really put any of those guys right there interchangeable, and I could even see Lindor sliding in there in that part also, and maybe even Harper. 
I had Lindor a bit lower than Scherzer. I had him three spots lower on my grand scheme of things list. But again, three spots is really not much in the grand scheme of things. Real Muto, I initially forgot about for some reason. I slid him in right there at eight. Strasburg, I think at nine is pretty fair. Uh, I can easily see him jumping up the list, though, depending on his 2021 season. I'm surprised you didn't have Trey Turner on any, nobody had Trey Turner on this list. Uh, I I'm thought not. he was kind of top 10, unless I'm kind of forgetting something or I really just tripped I mean, out for a second. I don't know. I think I, I think McNeil's better than him. I think I would I think, say because I, I think Nimmo might even be better than him. He's been playing defense. I would not. Trey Turner's defense also went up a lot with the OA update, if I'm not mistaken. Mistaken. Or it went yeah, like Yeah, I have him at nine OAA, but he's still a negative seven and negative six on uh UCR and DRS. So I mean like yeah, if, yeah and, and I and I my my little defensive philosophy here is if two of them hate them, you're not that good. And also um He's also the best base runner in baseball. I don't know if much of you guys are considering that. Ramiz is also a fantastic base runner. Turner was the best for base running runs BSR. So, I mean, that's why I had him at least 10. Yeah, he was number one, I'm pretty sure, okay. since 2018. Like, I know, he's, I know he's really good, but I know he's the best. But here's, the, here's my first issue. I, uh, look, I he's understand. behind Jose Ramirez, which is what I thought. But keep going. You see, I, I understand that DeGrom's a pitcher, but, like, has Acuna, Soto, or, like, Freeman uh, – who did you have ahead of him? Acuna, Soto, and who else? I had over DeGrom? Yeah. They only Soto over him. Only Soto? Has Soto yeah, ever put a six or seven win season together? No. I don't – has DeGrom nobody, nobody definitely a, can. But, but what the, has DeGrom the, done? I, I just, I, I just want to make sure. Argument. That's a really terrible argument. Not only is fifth wow. bad pitcher. No, I'm sorry. Not only is I, I think I think war is I think F war is bad for pitchers because FIP is even if you use DRA, but it's not like it's not like he's a FIP merchant. If you use DRA, he'd still be number one in war. Is he not the most? I'm not saying. All right, Degrom is an elite pitcher, top three pitcher for sure. He'd be one. He'd be two. He'd be three. I don't really care. He's top two without a doubt. He's top one. I'm not going to argue one spot. Right? It's really not worth it. No, I'm not going to. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Nobody's arguing one spot here. He's great. Two spots. Two spots. For a second. Spot. I don't want to. I know this is gonna be. I just want to get my part out you're there. Before death you're gonna DM. get sixty more DM requests and a text message. Dude, I had seventy. <laughs> I had seventy fucking message requests for the last two hours. Well, let me see the one up. I'm just saying, you know, one you guy has the best side. I have seventy-five requests from Mets fans. I'm sorry. I just want to get this out of the way. All right. There's I, I and, and a text message. Shout out to Vic for Who that. Text two. And I just, <laughs> I just want to say, and if you're listening, Jack leaked his number on Twitter. You should text him. I didn't leak my number on Twitter. That never happened. But no what one. I'm going to say, what I'll say is this: Jacob Degrom, top three pitcher, could be one, could be two, could be three. All right, you could take him over Soto. I have no problem. With it, all right, it's one spot, not a big difference. Like um, I okay. said, yeah, you're right. I, I, I thought you, I forgot. I thought you had Acuna. Okay. No, I have Soto. I have Acuna and Freeman. We're back to back on my list as well. Like, these guys were really, really close. This is such a stack division. They were really, really close. And I think you could easily put Lindor, too. Honestly, you could put Lindor, too, if you're if you're into Lindor shit. I'm not as invested as Lindor in Lindor. You guys, as you guys are, excuse me, uh, I don't think he's as good as you guys probably think he is. But, again, he's still a very good player. Scherzer, I was considering swapping all the way down to seven. But you, know, you can't really deny his 2019, 2018 side and seasons. Acuna, I could also see be one on this list, really. He could be anywhere from, like, one to, to seven. 
all these guys are very, very close to each other. Uh, I do think Soto somewhat separates himself from the pack. I would probably have them on the same tier, though. I'd probably have the Grom and Soto on the, that, that one tier, and then like Freeman, Acuna, and Scherzer on that 1A tier, and then the second tier would probably be Lindor Harper, and then maybe Ray Mito in that. Either way, you guys see what I'm trying to say here. It's all very close. It's all relative, and I understand really any argument here with putting DeGrom at one. You guys all had a one, so I understand that. I wouldn't use your war for pitchers because it does use fit. If you use war for pitchers, it uses DRA. And if you use B-war, our war for pitchers, it uses a, a variation of ERA. So what if I use PCR? He's RA9, which is so stupid. I think using any per, I think using any peripheral for war is stupid because that's not indicative of the results you're actually getting. But I I, I just want to point out DeGrom's the last three seasons is PCRA minus. It's never been higher than 66, which is yeah. insane. Like that's insane. Guess who's, actually, guess who's higher yeah, in the league? Yeah, 50, a 53 from Garrett Cole, the best starting pitching season technically from any uh, any pitcher from 2015 to 2020. I'm not talking about the ground because I did that yeah, all but, day. No, that's yeah, that's not that's right, not that. Right. Right. But I just want to point, point out the Grom's amazing. Like the Grom's absolutely amazing, and he also just his stuff is fantastic. If you just look past like the like if you look past just like his peripherals, his stuff is incredible. Like he throw, like, what does he throw? He's like averaging 100 now. He's easily he has like a 94 mile per hour slider. Like his pitch repertoire is incredible. Like he is just Well, I don't think it's on steroids. I think he's, I think it's just it's just a mechanical change. I think I think uh, it's sticky stuff. It's it, I, I, someone pointed out to me on Twitter. It was that there's uh there was a clear mechanical change to what Degrom was doing for, and that's why his velocity has been going up and up because he's uh, it, it. But I obviously think there's some uh you know foreign substances involved in terms of like sticky stuff. But I'm not. It's not like we're gonna hold that against him. I mean, every pitcher does it. Um, but I mean. I don't know. This I, I I agree with Jack in a sense that like it was the top three with Degrom, Acuna, Sona. I, I think everyone had those three in their top three, right? And, except and, and maybe I, Freeman. No, I had Lindor at two. Oh, I Lindor. Think, uh, think I don't think Lindor's a better player than Acuna or Soto. That's crazy. Lindor's not a better player than Acuna or Soto. I don't think it's crazy. I'll defend that take, but that that no, they're, he's just not better than than Acuna or Soto. That's kind of it. Uh, no, yeah, Acuna I, and Soto I, are both better players than he is. So yeah, but they're right the fielders, and Lindor's a shortstop, and he leads them by 40 okay. outs above average, and okay, he only it, trails him by 20 points. Is best, wor- is, is best, wor- it's best bor- worse than uh, uh, Lindor because Lindor's a shortstop, and Betts is a right fielder? Is what? No, but Aracuna is Soto even talk- close to Betts. Yeah, no, they're both five-win players. They're both going to be five-win players next year. And and Lindor is, too. Lindor, I don't know. Acuna was a nearly a six-win player in 2019. He had a 5.6 f He was ne- he was closing in on, a, on his first six-win season. He's Last year, he was on. Too. Yeah, he's playing left also. Which is and that was the 126. That was a 126 weighted run screen to plus. Think of with his because he underperformed his xWOBA by a lot. Uh, he put up a 143 the year before and a 158 the year after. I think he'll be around the 135 one to 140 range. If you can put up a 5.6 win season with a 126 weighted run screen plus, imagine what he can do with a 130, a 140 weighted run screen plus, which he's more likely to do that. Uh, Soto is basically a walking 140 WRC plus, if not more. I, I think it wouldn't be crazy. It wouldn't shock me if he got to 150. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if he had a 180, but. I mean, it would shock. Okay, 180, it would kind of shock me because like 180, we're talking like, you know, trout seasons offensively. But well, I, I mean. I, last season, 
Because like he huh? had a two hundred last season. And I don't know how much he's going to. Yeah, last. he had two hundred one and yeah, a two point four. Yeah, but he had two hundred one. But it was such a short season. Even then, he was only on pace for seven, eight wins. No, it was like it was like seven point seven wins or something yeah, like that. Seven or eight wins. Yeah, but even last year, he had a higher wins by replacement than Lindor in similar this amount dude, of played. He had the best offensive season since Barry Bonds and was on pace for a seven win season. But in yeah, that's why I think Acuna's better. Terrific defensive season. Yeah, but, you know, he, I, he had a four point eight F four. He was better than Lindor in F4. He had a better off. He was, and he's just incredible. I mean, Lindor probably, or no, Acuna probably has a higher ceiling than Soto. Yeah. Good well, Acuna definitely has a higher faster. ceiling than Soto. But I don't trust Acuna's bat at all. I think all. Soto's defense can improve. I don't think it'll be terrible. He was good in 2019. He I don't know what he is defensively, so I have a good idea. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much more time we should spend on this. I don't really have any problems with you guys' list. I don't understand the rule. One hundred percent. Oh, the Harper is thing. Yeah. Harper. That's not even. That's not that bad. It's a. He's what a four or five win player, and Ramuto is a five win, four or five win player. Like we're not talking about a margin. Wars are a bit higher just because they play catcher and the positional adjustment is pretty high. I think. I think the reason. But the positional adjustment is really high for a reason. It's because yeah, there's so much defensive value. Yeah, I don't really see how. He's better than Harper. I don't. Because of defensive value. I mean, it's close. You're acting like, you know, like Harper's like a this six win player. It's, it's, yeah. a fi- it's a 15 WRC plus difference between 133 and 118. Uh, if you're going like framing, uh, we got 11.2 runs for Real Muto. We've got, and then for UZR, DRS, one, one UZR, negative eight. Uh, so average negative six defensive run saves. And that's just his right field stuff. I don't really care what he did in center. And um, and plus, on top of that, you have a negative 7.5 versus a plus 12.5. So that's 20 runs of positional adjustment every single year. The only it's, argument against Real Muto is that he's going to play 130 games rather than 150. But uh, in those 130 games a year, he still has four more wins. No, no, three, three more wins in value than Harper. So, I mean within the last three years. I, it's it's really close either way. I could see an argument both ways, but I think Rumuto is a better player. All right. Any other objections to the list before we move on? Uh, we can move on. I mean, unless anyone has I think I everything's – every, everyone's is kind of similar. Yeah. Yep. All right. We're going to move on to our war draft. I'm going to do a quick random no, I need, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm going to give the cumulative list. Oh, shit. Yeah, go ahead. I'll do the random number generator real quick. All right. So, at number one, we have – Oh, disclaimer, no ties this time. Number one, we have Jacob deGrom of the New York Mets. And number two, we have Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. Number three, we have Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves. Number four, we have Francisco Lindor of the Mets. Number five, we have Freddie Freeman. Number six, we have Max Scherzer. Number seven, Bryce Harper. Number eight, JT Romuto. Number nine, Steven Strasburg. And number 10, Michael Conforto. The first nine guys, each of us had on our list somewhere. And then the last spot, we had four different guys. The war draft, the way the war draft works is um, four players, one infielder, one outfielder, one pitcher, one utility man. We have four players, like I said, person with the most war, we're using F4, the end of the season wins this uh, division. So I'll be going first. Like I already said, we already cut that part out. Jacob DeGrom, New York Mets is going number one. Why would you put him not first on your list and then take him first? Like, I thought I was going to steal him from you, but okay. Uh, yeah, but like, you, I know, but like, I had hopes that you weren't going to take him one. I'll take Acuna then. 
that how little you think of me that I wouldn't take Jacob to come? No, on? I thought no, I thought <laughs> yeah, you were gonna that take is someone how else. We think of you. <laughs> exactly. nah, I, I just thought you had a chance. I thought it was a chance. All right, I'm doing no. it. I'll t- I'll take Lindor at three. Well, that's that's a nice that's, pick. That's a really terrible pick. That's a good pick. Go ahead, Jack. Jack. Jackson, you're on mute. You're not. You're not. Uh, see, I'll take Soto. Yeah, it's uh, an easy pick. obviously. And mm-hmm. then uh, I guess Max Scherzer. <laughs> Ryan, did you already oh, fall all the way there? Like, you have to go through James, too. What? what? Yeah. Like, there was no way Scherzer I had a, was going to fall. Ch- I, I, I just. Oh, oh, okay. All right, okay. Wait. Dreams are for suckers. Wait, so I just took I took an infielder. Yeah, you took an infielder. All right. Maybe utility, I guess. But I, you know what? I, I might just take another infielder. Wait, Jackson, who'd you just take? I took Soto and Scherzer. Would it be dumb to take another infielder here? Uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm taking Freddie Freeman. That's Freeman. That was a nice pick. I, I don't think so. He's not. He doesn't he's, get a lot of war. That's the he's, issue. He's second in war in the entire division since uh, 2018. Yeah. Well, in the in the division as oh okay. Uh, as in, excluding there. excluding pitchers. Okay, I guess I, I guess I'm wrong there then. Okay, so I'll just take the L on that one. Uh, I picked an outfielder already, so I need an infielder. Uh, be, for war reasons, I think it makes sense to take. Uh, I'll take. Uh, I'll take Trey Turner. I'll probably accumulate some more. All right. I got two Trey picks. So it looks like I'll be going with – I wish I brought, like, a spreadsheet to players or something like that. So I'm doing this off the top of my head. So I'll Dude, go with – Off the dome. Off the dome. I'll be going with – I'll go with Harper and Ray Mito. Yeah, both of those guys. Okay. Oh, Please Ryan's to take. Okay, no, I thought you were gonna take my guy. Uh, okay, we're good, we're good. So I needed a pitcher and a utility guy, and uh, I think it's fair to say we can pretty. I, and I, I'm not gonna say it's fair to say because I'm probably jinxing it, but it's. I mean, you could probably pick up a pitcher at any point just because there's a lot of them. Um, but I don't want to take that risk, so I'm gonna go with the guy who I think can get a lot of war, and I'm gonna go with Aaron Nola because I think he's gonna get a lot. Pick. Of that's a really good. Uh, I don't know. If, yeah, it's a good pick. He's safer than Strasburg because he I doesn't get hurt. At this point, I, I don't know. I think he's safer than Strasburg, but I do like Patrick Corbin more than him. He's better than Corbin. He's better than no. Corbin. Yeah, Corbin's, yeah. Corbin's going to uh, like yeah. 85 next year and fucking blow. Corbin's yeah, but Cor- Corbin's a major uh, major war merchant. Yeah, but like no. I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't trust Strasburg. I. I don't know if I want Corbin. I don't know if I want Carrasco. So, let's see. Eleven war the last three years. I'm just saying. It's, I got. I got. Let's see. I oh, because you want an infielder, so I need a pitcher and I need an outfielder. Huh. Okay. So, I guess in that case, I will do it. I'll take Carlos Carrasco, and I hope it pays off. Absolutely. Uh, I will take Jeff McNeil, my infield spot. And for utility, I think I will take Michael Conforto. Fuck. <laughs> I guess. So outfielders wise, that leaves me with the options of what we've got. I like 
This is the first time I've liked my team. We got uh, Brandon Nimmo. We got Marcelo Zuna. Man. I mean, who's the center fielder on these teams? I mean, I guess there's like Starling Marte, but that's a terrible Victor pick. Victor Robles. Prime breakout candidate. All right. I'm going to go, and I'm, pro- <clears throat> I'm probably going to regret this, but I'm going to take Marcelo Zuna. All right. Ryan, you're up. Okay, so the Phillies are out of players that like I'm gonna look at because Rimuto, Harper, I would I, I would have considered Bohm if like something horrible happened. Uh, but Miller, Miller, what? Wheeler. Oh, Wheeler. I I don't know. Doesn't he also have an injury history? Like eighty. That's crazy. The Mets had him too on top of all their guys and Marcus Stroman. Yeah, no, they were they were they were, they were good. They just. They're just they were not performing. good. <laughs> they, no, their pitching was good, but they were just all right, keep going. They were the Mets. Uh so um I have I'm stuck between two guys, but I think this is a safer pick. I'll go with Albies. I'll see Albies. I think that's a safe pick there. All right. The last pick between Nimmo and is there anybody else that I'm missing that I should be thinking about here? Probably not, right? No, I'm going to go with Brandon Nimmo. That concludes the war draft. I'll go, everybody's going to go through their teams. I'll go through mine real quick. Jacob DeGrom, Brandon Nimmo, Bryce Harper, and JT Realmuto. I have Acuna, Turner, Nola, and Albies. Oh, um, hold on. I have Carrasco, Lindoro, Zuna, Freeman. I have Max Scherzer, Jeff McNeil, Juan Soto, and Michael Conforto. Right, make sure to tweet us at Deep Drive Pod to let us know uh, who would the best team. Or comment on Instagram. I actually oh, like Jackson's team a lot. I think Jackson's team. I, 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 like I think Jackson has the best team. I, I fucked up the draft. Uh, I, I think I put I fucked up the Albies, too, so. Albies was nearly a five win. He was a four and a, a 4.6 win player his last full season. And outside of this year, is extremely durable, so I like him. Uh, I think Nola has the th- second most innings or th- out of all starting pitchers pitched the last three years. Turner is just going to be a BSR merchant, and he's a pretty good hitter. And then Acuna is Acuna. So I think I at least – I don't have a lot of high-ceiling guys except for Acuna. Everyone else is just kind of – you know, they're going to give me war, and that's all I needed. You know, this is a little less of a risky division for me. So I think Jackson, I think Jackson wins this one. All right, so – Trivia, trivia, trivia. Yeah, trivia. let us know. Deep Drive Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what the best team. We're going to go into trivia right now. Who has the most NL East division titles? That would be... What's the score here? We got 60... It, it, is, it, is, 80, it is 86 to 48. Layup. Layup. I think it's the Atlanta Braves. Yes. The team in the 90s. They won 16... They're not the team in the 90s. It's the New York Yankees. Have they won, won six. Did they the win sixteen series? straight? Yeah, titles in a row. Division not, You don't remember the World Series call when they beat the the who's in the No, I know what you're talking about, but they get called the team of the '90s sometimes, and I find it very funny because they because the Yankees time. were better. Yeah, they won one, and the Blue Jays um, were better too, <clears> in my opinion. Who <laughs> who was the last team to win the NL East title and the World Series in the same season? Oh, that, you you almost got me there. You almost got me there. I was gonna just blurt out nationals. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, so the Braves haven't won a title in a while. Uh, Mets haven't in a while. Marlins didn't ever win a title. And the uh, it's the Phillies. Oh, wait. Is that the correct answer? He didn't answer. He I, didn't I did. Guess. Oh, you, I thought the oh, wait was like, uh, no, oh, wait, it's not. Uh, no, I said Phillies, oh, eight. Oh, I thought you said, oh, wait. No. Okay. Yeah. All right, you're correct. Yeah. That then, at least formed in 1969 who won the division that year, Jack. Won the division that year? Well, it was not the Mets. It was the first uh, year of that, at least. Definitely the Mets, because the Mets were ass that year. Actually, no, fuck, it was the Mets. They won the world, the fucking World you Series. You idiot. <laughs> yeah. I was so going to say, obvious. like, what? You're so... I, I was thinking 1962. It was the Mets, right? Yes. yes. All right, Ryan, who was the last NLE team to win 100 games? Won 100 games? Uh, wow, okay. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Marlins could never be that team. Uh, Phillies, never, never won 100 games? Mets haven't won 100 games in a while. I don't think the Braves have done it either, and the Nationals certainly haven't done it. I mean, I just have to – ooh, this is going to be a long time. This is going to be like a really long time ago. Because a lot of – I can't really rem- – I don't even remember the last 100-win team because they haven't had a f- one seed in so long. Um, the Dodgers have always been good. Uh, I'm going to go and say – I'm going to say the Braves. You're wrong. Damn. Thinking of that. Yes. Jack? Thinking of the team that year that uh, the Giants didn't make the playoffs in like 103 games. No, they were in the West that year. Oh, damn it. Okay, I'm dumb. And I will say this team was the one seed, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I haven't, I I don't remember it. Like, not the one seed in the division. I mean, like, in the entire thing. I'm going to go Phillies because maybe it was like two. What what year do you think it is? 2009 to 12, one of those years. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it was, it was was 11, but it was. Oh, okay, okay. I I forgot. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it is now what? Uh, eighty-seven forty-nine, and then Jack just added another six points. Jesus Christ! So it is now ninety-three to forty-nine. We'll see if what Jack can crack hundred. After this, after this. All right, Jack. What team won six of the first eleven NL East titles? You are muted, my friend. You are still muted. Sorry, I was on the phone with somebody. What was the question? I didn't get it. Sorry. Who That's won illegal tampering? Who won six of the last eleven NL East titles? Twenty. Twenty. No, 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 no. Not last eleven. First eleven. That's my bad. Well, six of the first lot. eleven. <laughs> six of the first eleven. I think we'll go with the, the and, Mets. And I told you what year the division was formed earlier. Yeah, yeah, it's 69. I'll go with the Mets. I'll tell you you're wrong. Okay, I am going to be honest with you. I have absolutely no idea who it is. And I don't even know who played in the NL East back then because I didn't remember that the Braves were not an AL East team for an NL East team for some of those years. So I can't actually Yeah, tell that's the why the 16 division titles in a row threw me off because I knew it was true, but the Braves only actually have 15 division titles in the NL East, but keep going. Yeah, no, but uh, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have no idea the answer to this question and I'm not going to get it right. So I don't even know who played in the AL, NL East. I, I'll probably guess a team like the Reds and say, like, oh, the 
did it. And then, the, I'll, then I'll find out the Reds even play in the NLE, something like that. Uh, but you know what? We'll do it. The Cincinnati Reds. Didn't we – like, didn't I ask you this question with, with like, the NL West stuff and the yep. Reds were one of the teams that was in the yep. NL West in the 60s yep. and 70s? Yep. Mm-hmm. This team – was not in the NL West in the 60s and 70s. However, is also in the NL Central right now. Well, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Pirates. Pirates. Yes, but neither of you get points. Yeah, because I and then Ryan really in, now... in a similar fashion. The Pirates are one of three former members of the NL East that are now NL Central teams. Uh, what are the other two? Okay, uh, NL Central right now. So Astros are not building. Uh, they could. Yeah, I, okay, I I messed up. They could be. Like what? there are three. There there were three teams that switched from the NL East to the NL Central in um, in this year, which would so have I'll been nineteen ninety. So I'll just guess the Astros as well, because you said they could be. Uh, because you would have flat out said no if they weren't even on the list, probably. Uh, so Pirates are one of them. There's two others, right? Yeah, I said so, Pirates and two others. One plus two. Got it. So Pirates, Astros. And um, I'll go with, let me think. There I'm telling you, I think I know the answer to this. So, which one I, and, I uh, pressure. It's not the, the, wait, what year was it that they switched? If you don't mind me asking. I can't tell you that, but you will know. Like you, you know. I kind of know. Uh, so I don't think it could be the Brewers because I know they're an AL team for a while. It could actually, they, yeah, they were an AL team for actually a little bit. They played the Cardinals in a World Series, I think. Um, how do I know that? I don't know. Uh, so um, I'll go and I'll say it can't be the Reds. Um, ooh, this feels like a team that should be there. Uh, go the Pirates, the Astros, and was it was it the Cardinals? So those are your three teams that you're guessing? Yeah. You're wrong. <clears throat> Damn it. All right, so one of them was the Pirates, obviously. Okay. I'm going to go based on geography. Milwaukee is more west than Illinois. So... What? Milwaukee is literally straight oh, north of Chicago. That's not, that's not what I meant. It's... it's uh, No, Wisconsin is what I meant. My, my fault. There, I mean, again, literally, okay. if I wanted to go to Milwaukee, it's this I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fucking... Map geography but you I'm said based on geography and then said i don't know geography. <laughs> i'm still gonna say the cubs anyways because uh, i don't know it's kind of what i guessed on cubs pirates and one more team one more team astros i don't think so but the astros could have also no because they went to the al the, i think the al no they were not in the nls they were in the central but they weren't in the east i don't think so i'm gonna go with cubs and I'm thinking of rivalries, right? That would make sense to think about. I think you probably should have thought about that, Ryan. Cubs, Pirates, and then a rivalry between the Mets and not the Brewers, because they never had really a rivalry. Rivalry. Don't don't do that, Ryan. Yeah, stop it. So it's between the Cardinals and the Reds. And we established the Reds are a West team. So I'm going to say the Cardinals, Cubs, and Pirates. I start, I feel bad for Ryan because I threw him off with the Astros thing. That's crap, right? Oh, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do the this. Let's go. Don't do okay. this. Don't do this. Okay. Don't do that, please. Why I, would you think that – okay, first of all, in the 80s, the Brewers were an American League team. 
Yeah, uh, that's why I said. That's why I said. That. I kind of forgot about that. Also, so also, I I feel like you should know this, but I don't know. I feel like it was really obvious, Ryan, that the Cubs and Cardinals were always in the same division because they've always been division oh, rivals. And I was thinking, also, it's, con- it's considered like the second greatest rivalry in baseball, or third, like behind the Yankees and Red Sox, and maybe Dodgers and Giants. So, like, I feel like that was really obvious. I'm sorry, Ryan. That's off the dome, right? But, but also, you guys should just remember that when we did the NLS, there were answers to those questions that were the Astros. All right, yeah, because they were in the NLS, right? Sorry, I'm totally like kicking Ryan while he's down, but. <laughs> Are we resetting the trivia score yet? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually like do my homework right. on. So we stuff. finished. We finished this first. We'll call it the first season of trivia. Season one, baby. Guess how? I'll, I'll give you whoever whoever gets this right gets one point for next trivia. Okay. I'll start. I'll start with Ryan because I feel bad. <laughs> Over. Under or right on the dot, Jack doubled your points. Over. Jack, what's your guess? On the I'm dot. Gonna, on the dot, and Jack's over. Or no, and Ryan's over. All right, I got this wrong. <laughs> You're not even good at this. <laughs> so I guess we're starting 1 0, Jack. Oh my God, how? How? <laughs> This final score was 98 to 49. Oh, it looks like Quickly's good. We're chilling. All right. Oh, my fucking God. All right. That concludes season one of trivia. Concludes trivia for the episode. I won by double. And it concludes the episode. It concludes the episode, too. Uh, That'll do it for episode number, I believe this is 15. Either 14 or 15. I think it's 15. 15. 15. 15, The Deep Drive in the Left Field podcast. Make sure to go follow us on our socials at Deep Drive Pod on Twitter and Instagram. A big thank you to Relevant again for sponsoring today's podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to Ryan on YouTube at Yankee Stat Talk if you want to be good at trivia in the future. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at LB Nerds. Please don't send me a message. Actually, you can send me a message. I don't know if I can respond to it. I have 70 right now. Send a text. Send That's a Don't send me a text. Call call Set, wait, hold on. Uh, hold on. Give us a five-star rating. Wherever you're watching, leave a like if you're on YouTube. It's been a deep drive to left field. This time, not- Jack at nine two nine. It's been a deep drive to left field by Castellanos, and we will see you in episode number sixteen. And, and, and- Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.